This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. We have an awesome Guest for you today, Miss Joy Justice from Think HR. We know a little bit about Think here at Florida Risk Partners and the Power Producers Podcast, and you hear what we want you to hear, but now we brought her on so that you can hear what they want you to hear, because I might have just been giving you guys misinformation this whole time, as far as we know. Joy, <laughs> welcome to Power Producers. Why don't you take a quick second to sort of explain your role and give everybody your background, and then we'll just dive in and have a conversation like Forrest and Jenny the first day of school on the bus. <laughs> Sounds great. Thank you, David, for the introduction. I've been here at Think HR since roughly 2010, uh, not long after the company started. So, have uh, been along on this journey from a very small uh, family startup to a large enterprise, and it has been an exciting journey uh, along the way. My background is actually uh, within the insurance distribution. I have worked both on the carrier side as well as for an agency. Uh, so, a little bit of uh, knowledge about the industry over the years and. I've just really enjoyed watching Think HR grow and mature over the last decade. And what's your role with Think today? Yeah. So my role is I am SVP of customer experience. And so I'm focused on ensuring that our partners, which are the insurance agents and brokers and other distributors of our product, are well taken care of, um, working cross-functionally across the organization, whether it be within the products team uh, service, sales teams, and just making sure that we deliver on the brand promise. My background with Think HR has been in sales leadership, and I've been involved uh, both in the creation of our products as well as the go-to-market strategy- strategies over the years. How Good has deals. the? Uh, I, I was just curious how your um, you know background in the insurance industry has has kind of helped your position with with Think. Well, our one of our primary distribution channels is through the insurance marketplace, and that is defined as insurance agents and brokers, but also through some limited carrier relationships. And so I think having a working knowledge of how the industry works and the distribution channels has been key in terms of our success because... 
from the very beginning, the insurance channel has been one of our uh, main uh, partnerships. We distribute a large percentage of our revenue through the insurance brokers and agents. And so having the background working in that industry, I think, has brought uh, a little bit of knowledge in, in terms of how things work to the table. Yeah, I think that it definitely positions you, if nothing else, just to be able to explain to agents and brokers how to effectively represent your product at the point of sale. I think that uh, there are so many times that people that I hear, I'm involved in all of these you know, Facebook groups and other online forums where I'm with other agency owners or producers or whatever else. And when somebody goes out and gets a piece of business, whether it be on agent or record letter or otherwise, and that business leaves the agency they were at to go to a different agency, by and large, the agency who lost the business is very quick to make the comment, well, these people are bigger than we are. They got the box at the football stadium. They got their private jet that they can fly people on to entertain them. And while all of that is nice and fun, I have none of the above and take business from agencies every day because of my value proposition. And, you know, I have to tell you, um, Think HR has rapidly become a very valuable member of our team. We've not been with you guys, but since October of this year, and the difference between us engaging our clients in your platform versus engaging them with, or I should say, even asking them to engage with our predecessor platform is literally like Apple's and Volvo's. I mean, I think that the the uh, offering of products that you guys have, the ease of use, the fact that we have a dedicated account manager that will onboard our clients for us when we yes. send over the list of new new clients is huge. Dude, that used for to take me because, forever to do. Like yeah, every new person. I, yeah, I feel like adoption rate has got to be the number one thing that people complain about whenever there's a value-added uh, software provided. So we're really pumped about having the ability to customize, you know, the learning management system and, and give that resource along with the 800 number and a variety of the other things that we have available to us. You've been there for a long time. It did not start out nearly as robust as it is today. Talk a little bit about that journey. Sure. Well, we have really crafted the product from feedback from brokers uh, throughout the years. I mean, I, I can recall a number of situations where we sat down with our founder and you know, brokers would say, well, this is what we need. Do you have that? Can you build that? Going back to even the inception of the original hotline. I mean, we started out really being more of an outsourcing company doing project work. And it was actually a very large agency in the San Francisco Bay Area that said, I don't want to give you project work. I, I, my clients don't need that. What we need is a, the ability to call and talk to someone. We have an issue and we need to get a quick response in the moment that matters. And so we said, okay, great. We'll, we'll build a hotline and we'll staff it. And so there we placed someone on the phone line and you know that evolved over the years. Uh, several years later, again, feedback from uh, brokers. Hey, can you bring something new to the table? My clients are talking about learning management systems. They're doing more trainings. And this was back in 2013 before it was very commonplace to have such a solution. We said, sure. So we went out and we built that. So we are committed to innovation. And a lot of it is driven by the feedback from our partners, what's going on out in the marketplace and trying to stay two steps ahead of uh, what we're seeing in terms of trends. So of all the things you've seen developed over your tenure there, what's the one you're the most proud of? 
The one that I'm most proud of. Oh, wow. Well, that's, uh, I can't say all of them. <laughs> I, I do think you that- could, <laughs> but I got to believe you've had a pet, you have a pet favorite somewhere. You know, I think people um, feel like the bil- the ability to talk to someone um, in an expert advisor capacity is important. But what yeah. I think the stickiness and what keeps people around is truly the learning management system and the content. And the reason for that is it's an ongoing system. You have to keep using it. And it's expensive. If you're an employer and you're trying to go out there and buy that on your own, it's expensive. And so if you can get that through your agent and it's a value add or you pay a nominal fee to your agent for access to that service, well, that's a win-win. And you know, the content that we bring to the table, it's everything from the things that are required to the option to have things like, you know, safety and just best practices and HR development. And so it's diverse. And I would say that that is probably, um, one of our several flagship products. And I think that it's something that, you know, we get a lot of great feedback on and is heavily used. I think one of the things that attracted me, not I think, I know one of the things that attracted me to your platform as opposed to some of your competition was the fact that the things that revolve around legislation and updates are housed online and can be dynamically updated in real time. I think that that's a huge issue that many employers face that we don't, as agents out there, don't put enough emphasis on. I mean, I don't think that by and large, if we're going in and we're peddling insurance as opposed to being advisors and really determining what's going on inside an operation, culturally, operationally, and all of that, you know, we're not we're not paying attention to that in the old guard. And that's one of the reasons why I like it, because for me as a business owner, I'll take my producer hat off for a minute as a business owner, knowing that I can have a handbook that resides online and as legislation changes, it automatically mm-hmm. updates is a huge thing for me from a compliance standpoint. But what I really like is the fact that you not only have the handbook and the ability to formalize those processes and procedures, but then you have the learning management system that's where the rubber meets the road. That to me is the glue that holds everything together. How many times do we as producers go out and get in front of a prospect? Oh yeah, we have a handbook. Great. Could I get a copy of it? And it was last revised in like 1974, (laughs) right? You know, it's in a three ring binder with four inches of dust on top of it. Pages are starting to turn yellow. Yeah, exactly. It's printed in that purple memeograph type, you know, but I mean, obviously we're being sarcastic, but that's the truth. Handbooks by and large are pencil whipped. I hate to be the guy that makes the unpopular statement, but that's true. When you go in as a producer, if you look and you actually do your job and you review what an employee handbook is made up of, I'm not asking you to give people legal advice on processes. That's what Think will do. They'll put the, put the, you know, the compliant stuff in place. But you're going to find out that 99% of your clients, the ones that have loss issues and everything else, have pencil whipped their handbook and don't really have formalized processes. Somebody along the way said, hey, you need this. They did it because they thought they needed it and then they never did anything with it when they really should be using it as the tool that it is designed to be. And that is to communicate with your employees, establish benchmark and standards, and then hold them accountable to following those. Period. Sounds easy, right? Absolutely. I mean, you nailed the description there, David. And, you know, what's unique about the handbook that we bring to the table and you hit on this is that 
it updates automatically. And so uh, to your point, the minute you finish a handbook, it's out of date the next day. Something maybe changes. And then what are you going to do? Go back and pay your attorney $2,000 to make an update and then redistribute it out to everyone? Our solution uh, circumvents that process. And so we have a way to push out the updates. Um, You know, it's very proactive in terms of the way that it works. And not just in the handbook, but everything we do. I mean, it's a proactive environment. Something changes, we're going to alert you. But yeah, getting back to the handbook, uh, it's second to none. I mean, we even have a handbook. You know, Our handbook is used by law firms. We have law firms that come to us and say, I want to use that handbook so I can turn around and charge five, $10,000 to make a couple of customizations. And so and huge value there. And as you know, the agent and broker is heavily relied upon to provide a solution. So if you're out there providing uh, you know, a PDF format that someone's supposed to just update, that's not a good solution. You really need it to be uh, you know, proactive, updating automatically, and then have options. I mean, ours has an electronic signature option. Uh, you can translate it to Spanish. Lots of cool little add-on features available. I think one of the things, and this is specific to our audience, is you're out there and you're hearing prospects talk. Our natural migration when somebody brings up HR issues is, oh, you need an EPLI policy because that's what we're programmed to do. We make our compensation from the sale of a product. And as we continue to try and teach you people and have you transform your thought process, this is a natural progression in that thought process. You shouldn't be thinking, oh, you need an EPLI policy. That's called being reactive, period. You're gonna put insurance in place, but what are you doing to actually proactively solve the HR uh, problems that are giving this person heartburn? You got to turn it upside down and think about, okay, yes, you do need an EPLI policy, but let me talk to you about everything that we have in our agency that we use to help you make sure that that policy is as cost effective as it possibly can be because we have you registered in all of these different programs that we can document that you're training your people on all of these things that you have your handbook that it automatically updates in real time now all of a sudden your handbook is not just a tool for you to have to establish policies procedures and hold people accountable to it becomes a material part of the underwriting process for the epli policy in an increasingly hardening market and i think that 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 agents that are looking at this as oh man i don't want to have to pay that money are looking at it exactly wrong and i mean i'm never i'm going to beat this drum until the day that i die but that's our problem in our industry everybody wants to gripe about what something costs when they should step back instead of saying how much is this going to cost me they need to think about how much is this going to make me. And mm-hmm. you alluded to it, and I'm not even necessarily talking about the monetization of the product, although I do think for the right agency demographic, it does make a lot of sense for them to charge because people will come in and cancel for non-pay and they've done everything they can to, to set things up for them. They give them a great platform and then next thing you know, they're gone and they did all this work for nothing. So I don't have a problem with agencies monetizing it. In fact, some of my best friends in the industry are cash flow positive on some of the value add things that they've invested in. But more to the point, you know, you have a position of power when you can solve your clients, your prospects problem, right? That's what they're calling you for. They're not meeting you because you can get them cheap insurance. They may think that's the premise under which they're meeting you, but if they open up and allow you to have the conversation, you'll realize 
eh, their insurance premiums up there for a few reasons. Let's talk about how we fix that because premium is a problem that manifests itself after things have happened to you. I don't know of a single account that's out there that's crystal clean and, and pristine that has horrible premium because of experience. It, it's counterintuitive. Right. But if you can put these things in place before you need them, in addition to those people who have had a few bumps in the road and need a solution, you're ultimately going to get the best insurance buy that you can get. Yeah, we like to think of it as, you know, what is an agent doing to improve the organizational health of an organization? It's one thing to sell them insurance, you know, when uh, when things go wrong. But what are you doing in terms of preventing that from happening? You know, happening. Mm. What are you doing in terms of your baseline solution so that they have the tools, the resources, and the expertise in place so you're not having to use the insurance policy? Right. Agreed. So let's talk about it for just a second. Walk everybody through how the alerting and all of that goes when these things update in real time. Just give them an idea of what they would expect from Think HR as far as not only the agency, but also their client and then their client's employees. Sure. Well, we have an entire team of attorneys and content experts. And so they're behind the scenes monitoring everything going on, legislation happening day in, day out. And when they receive notifications and they discover that there's changes, they are updating our database um, in terms of where our expert advisors are using information to answer questions. They're updating the written content that folks have um, access to. And then there are, you know, when the situation warrants pushing out an alert or, you know, pushing it out in some sort of a newsletter format. So, it's very proactive, and we're just several months here from actually launching a, uh, a revised, newer platform, which will be automatically going out to everyone using the services. And when you log into the new platform, you'll even have a customized home page. So based off of criteria in terms of where you're located and how many employees you have, there's an intelligence behind the system that will give you customized information that's personalized to your situation. So what this means for the employer that's trying to stay up to date on things is that they can focus on running their business and not stay awake at night wondering, am I aware of something that I don't know exists? We're watching mm -hmm. and monitoring that, pushing it out. They're either getting a push notification or they're getting an alert to change their handbook or they're getting um, some sort of a newsletter subscription, multiple ways that we're pushing that information out to the end user. What do you think the biggest obstacle is? Or I shouldn't even say what do you think because I'm sure you guys have the analytics. What what do you find to be the biggest hurdle that agencies have in getting their clients to adopt your platform? Lack of knowing what's out there. I mean, we don't have employers that use the product and go, nah, no thanks, I'm not interested. I, I tried it, but I'm not interested. That, that never, it rarely happens. What happens is that they have no idea that it's there because they missed the email communication from us when we onboarded them or, you know, went into the junk folder and their broker never spoke to them about it. So I always tell agents, you know, don't let this sit up on the shelf. Bake this into your renewal process. Your clients listen to you, not the third party partner like us. And so. If you're not reinstalling, re-educating, and re-familiarizing your clients at mid-years, at renewals, however you normally communicate, you need to be doing that. 
because we can only do so much. We really need to also rely on your communication that goes out because they're paying attention to that. And then we have specialists that can help, you know, uh, acquaint people with the product. So to your point earlier, you started off, David, you said that we'll do the onboarding. And so, yes, we have an account management team. So you bring on a new client and they say, hey, yes, we need to improve our organizational health. How do I do that? Well, they can speak to one of our customer success folks and we can get them uh, set up and give them an overview. I think that's a good point about baking that into your process at renewal or or midterm, because otherwise you just like David was talking about, you you become reactive and then that's you're then you're in the situation that you were trying to avoid in the first place. So I, I think that's a good move. Classic story up in the Boston area, uh, and uh, a broker we've worked with for years uh, lost an account and ran into her at a conference. And she was talking about how she lost this account. And she says very sarcastically, you know, Joy, it was your fault. You know, I lost the account because of you all. And it was like, what, what did we do? Did we screw something up? And she's like, no, 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 not at all. She's like, actually, it was my fault. What happened? She goes, oh, they left. They went to this other broker. And when we did the debrief on why they left our agency, you know, there were a couple of things that were, you know, rocky. We could have worked through them. But one of the things that she brought up was that they didn't, that they wanted to have Think HR services and they didn't have them with their existing broker. And I just kind of looked at her confused. I said, what are you talking about? She goes, well, we didn't do a very good job of telling our clients that they had the service. So the new broker, when they, you know, moved them in the door, this, this is one of the things they spoke about. And there you have a situation mm-hmm. where an agent has spent the money, they have the solution, but they haven't done a great job of deploying it. And there was a lack of awareness. And so they still lost the account. But to this day, that, that's the kind of stuff that I uh, keeps me up at night. Like, how can we help agents prevent that from happening? How can we get the word out there and drive better engagement? So that's a great segue. You just basically asked my next question for me. If an agency decides they want to partner with Think HR, what does that process look like? What does a best-in-class onboarding process for Think HR look like from the lens of the agency? I'm not telling you what we're doing here because I want to find out how closely aligned I am with what you're going to say. And I'll be honest, if I'm not doing what I need to do, I'll, I'll be honest about it, but I'm interested because we have made a conscious effort of of trying to have a process in place. Sure. Well, we, we do a lot. And during the sales process, we can certainly go into detail about the things that we do, but there is a limitation to how much we can do and where I think that the successful agencies that have really strong adoption that partner with Think HR, there's one thing in particular that I see them doing, and they typically have an owner, a, a dedicated person that's the onboarding person. And so they bring in a new account, you know, some sort of a, you know, uh, business relationship person. And it's typically a cross functional between PNC and benefits, but this is like a solutions onboarding person. So whether you have a benefit admin system, you have Think HR. Uh, you have, uh, you know, any other type of value add solution. There is an owner that sits down and they say, Hey, David, you know, welcome to the agency. We're going to talk about your insurance a little bit later. Let me tell you about my seven really important value add things, things that I think that you can use to run a better business. You may not need all seven, but I want you to be aware of them. And so they have a formal process to actually educate their clients on that. And then on an ongoing basis, they run utilization reports and they say, oh, well, I'm having a mid-year meeting and I see that this client isn't using such and such solution. 
So they have a conversation with the client and they say, hey, I realize you're not using this particular solution. Uh, is it because you've tried it and it's not a good fit for you? Or were you not aware that it existed? And so it's not just the onboarding, but it's also that onboard, ongoing dialogue and process. So I can tell you we have a sequence of five emails that go out in the first 10 days that somebody is with us that's automated through HubSpot with video um, with our dedicated person who's responsible for onboarding, but giving people different tips on how they can begin to add different things or to put different things into effect. It allows us a couple things. Number one, it's a touch point with the new client, but more importantly, we're able to get the analytics because we're running it through the CRM and we can see the open rates on the emails, how many people are actually clicking through to watch the video. And that helps us make an educated uh, determination on who we need to reach out to and invest actual human capital in versus letting the process work. I mean, that to, to me, that is the biggest thing that we could possibly do. Um, and I think that the important part there is not that you automate it. I mean, anybody can automate. It's that you actually do get the reports, review the information and realize where you can tweak your process so that you can ultimately make it even better than what it is today. And I think that's where a lot of us fall off is not actually reading the reports to see that the system that we've put in place is actually working. We're just setting it up, beating our chest, you know, bragging about the fact we've got this awesome five email automation sequence we built out and then we don't even know if it's working or not. Yeah, that's a great suggestion. And I think that agencies that have the capabilities to have that sort of marketing automation should absolutely be doing that. And that's part of our process. I mean, I was describing where I think that a broker can really step in and, you know, and make a difference, but there's a lot that we do and we do have an automated campaign as well. But at some point people, if they're not familiar with a third party name, because their broker hasn't educated them in advance, or they have a uh, finicky spam filter, we can send all the campaigns we want from our end, and they may never be received. And that's one of the challenges. But I'm going to assume that if an agent is doing that, well, like you said, they're tracking the report, they know the metrics, and it's going to be a more successful launch. Yeah, the other one that I'm getting ready to add is a conversational text campaign that'll start with, hey, what's up? That's it. And then when they then, then when they answer, have you had a chance to log into your new Think HR portal yet? And then when they answer, and just continue it in a conversational format. I know that sounds really weird. It works. Because wow. they don't realize that that's automated. They think it's me texting them. And I would craft that campaign around. Hey, what's up, bro? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, let's hang in 10. I mean, you know, but I mean, seriously, if you if you put it in that way... I think sometimes we try and get too flashy with our automation in our sequences instead of realizing that if we just make this basic as if it's, if I was going to tile, if, if I text Kyle, I'm going to tell you that 75 to 80% of the time, the first text is sup question mark. That's it. Well, if that's how you text people, that's how people are used to getting texts from you. And I realize you don't probably want to text an account that's paying a half a million dollars a year in insurance premium with SUP first, but you could text them with, hey, how's it going? And that's perfectly acceptable and something that doesn't seem automated and will be received and more than likely 
replied to. And I, you also avoid spam filters in that situation. So if the, if something did go to a spam filter, now you've raised an issue that they may not even know that they had because they've not gotten any of the communications. And I don't think that we do a good enough job of using that text ability. And again, I understand we're kind of a unicorn in that we can do all of that stuff through HubSpot and automate it. But listen, people, I don't know of an agency that I'm aware of right now that I have any conversation with. And I would argue that the majority of those listening to our podcast don't have text capabilities. You just don't use them like you should. And these, these people don't have to opt in. They're your client already. They opted in when they became your client. So, you know, you're not dealing with regulations around that. It's not like you're, you're, you're texting cold prospects. So I think that's something too, that as people begin to onboard and are looking for your creative ways to drive adoption further, text is probably the most underutilized platform in that process. Well, it's not as noisy as email. People still pay attention to their texts. Right, exactly. It's it, it, it's crazy. I mean, how, like we're looking at our phones all day long. I mean, you respond to more text, or at least I do, I think, throughout the day than email or or definitely phone calls or anything like that. So it's it's crazy that it's underutilized. And by the way, that also works very well for reviews for the agencies that are out there listening. When you want to get a review from somebody, very similar. I listened to Bradley Flowers talk about this when we were up in Boston last week in our mastermind group about how he goes to get how his people get reviews and it basically says hey how's it going and then they'll get the answer really quick my boss is going to kill me if i don't get a review would you mind going on google quick and boom they do it almost every single time it's way more genuine and authentic than all of these other automated campaigns with net promoter scores and all of that other stuff it works and i think that the, the, we sometimes try to be so slick in what we do that we talk ourselves out of business because we're worried about being flashy instead of being real. Yeah, David, do you have any recommendations for vendors? You know, folks aren't using HubSpot, any others that can uh, do the text? Because I love that idea. I, I missed what you said. Any recommendations for vendors that handle that text? I mean, you mentioned um, HubSpot, but are there other standalone vendors that you're aware of that an agency can use if they're not on HubSpot? Yeah, so true story, um, we use it through HubSpot, but it is a third-party app that integrates with HubSpot that is also um, standalone. Some that I know of, and, and the one we use is called Sakari, S-A-K-A-R-I. I don't get anything from Sakari uh, for mentioning their name. It's just a tool that we use in the agency. There's another one called Sales Message. I think it's Sales MSG. Uh, that does texting. I think that a lot, we're at a point now though, where a lot of the VoIP systems will do text as well. So if you've got Ring Central or one of those, it's highly likely you have text capabilities uh, with, with your VoIP provider as well. But I, you know, again, I'm no, anybody listening to this, unless it's their first time is going to be, they're very aware of the fact that I think every agency out there should have a CRM. I mean, we're out trying to run high-powered sales teams and we don't give them the number one tool that they need to be able to be a high-powered sales team in in the you know shape of a, of a CRM. That, that's just my opinion. I've said it a, a thousand times. You know, We're not insurance agencies until we sell an insurance product and we have to administer that. Until then, we're a sales organization and there's not a sales organization in the country that's effective that runs without a CRM. In my, I may be wrong. There may be one somewhere, but I don't think that there they're is. They're an outlier. And I also, they're, the, they're the exception, not the rule. 
Yeah, and I also know that they're not using an agency management system to run a sales team, you know, for Fortune 500 companies that have high power sales teams. It's ludicrous. So why are agencies doing that? Yeah. So that that being said, I mean, you know, text is another one. Um, you know, and the other thing too is even even if you don't have these things, if all you have is Outlook, there are things that you can do. You can schedule emails to go out when you bring a new account on. If you don't want to spend the money to get a CRM, okay, go into Outlook, have your templates for the emails set up, address who it's going to go to and set them set the date and the time that you want them to go out. It'll do that. What do you lose? You lose the analytics, but you still get the messaging out there. You can also be setting tasks inside of Outlook or whatever time management solution you use or whatever for producers or whoever the person is that takes ownership of this process to reach out to these people over the phone to make sure that they don't have any questions. It's 100% about the human, human interaction and the personal touch. And I never add advocate that we use technology to replace that. I advocate that we use technology to enhance it. Mm -hmm. So so you've been at ThinkHR for over a decade now. Give us a couple of your favorite wins. Favorite wins. I, I love unsolicited emails, uh, producers that say, I just want to let you know uh, your, your product tipped the scales. Or I was in a finalist presentation and I presented... 10 things and the one that they love the most was your solution. So I love hearing how we're helping brokers, how we're helping them differentiate or just bring something better to the table. I mean, truthfully, HR and compliance solutions to some extent are table stakes now. They weren't a decade ago, but they are now. So then it becomes mm -hmm. a question of, but how good is yours and does it really help you Versus is it just a check the box solution? And so, uh, the wins that I love to hear are, you know, where we're helping those, uh, those brokers, you know, helping them close business, helping them get in the door, helping them tip the scales in their, in their favor. What's the most creative way you've seen somebody win a piece of business using your product? We had a gentleman out of, gosh, I think he was out of Houston. And he did some direct mailers. And I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. It was super catchy. And he was sending out these direct mailers uh, to folks. I actually think it was a like a Yeti mug. And he had put some of our collateral in it. And I, I don't know, maybe a candy, I, whatever it was. I mean, honestly, it wasn't over the top, but it was just something different. And he was like, Hey, can I have a you know cup of coffee on me if I can talk to you about how I can help your organization do X, Y, and Z? And so it was a direct mailer and he opened doors. Uh, you've got a lot of conversations going. And you know, truthfully, people aren't going to contract and give you the broker of record because you have one solution. It is a whole story. But this is a an important part of the solution, or this is a door opener. And so it worked well for him. I just had nice. a million dollar marketing idea in real time. I'm going to go ahead and share it because I don't think anybody else will do it besides me. Um, it'll work if you do, but it would be absolutely ridiculous if I could create a marketing piece, maybe one, possibly two pages that looks just like a summons that somebody gets when they're being called to court. And in the body of it, basically talk about how this could be you you know, blah, 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 blah. Here's how you avoid it. I don't know. I need to figure out what it looks like, but I can promise you everybody would read that. Yeah. That's true. They would. We actually, we did a direct mailer and this was actually directed towards folks like you, David. So we were trying to get in the door with different agencies a few years ago. 
And you remember the old school risk game? You had like a board game? Mm-hmm. You did a custom wrapper over it and it was people risk. And it was like, how are you managing people risk uh, for your clients? And we had some talking points. I, I had a sample I can show you at some point. And these were like these big, you know, funky, odd shaped boxes that went out. And I'll tell you, we sent out, I don't know, 200 of them. And I, I think we had like a 75% response rate, really high. So wow. you could take something like that and send that out to CFOs or HR directors as well and say, hey, uh, work with me and I'll talk to you about how I help contain people risk. And so there's some creative things you can do. And it doesn't have to be a board game. It can be something else. But there's a lot of cool, uh, cool ideas out there. So I don't want to put you on the spot in... Um... I'm not going to ask you to give me an exact number. I'm going to assume that if you made that investment and you knew that you had 75% of the people who um, actually engaged with that, that you generated a significant amount of revenue from that campaign. Is that safe to say? We did, yes. Okay, and so all you schleps that are out there listening to this that don't want to spend money on marketing, this is what happens when you spend money on marketing. Anybody can send email you know, in bulk. Anybody can text in bulk. Getting creative and doing things like that to catch people's attention will always work better. But guess what? It costs more. That's why we don't ask how much things cost. We ask how much things will make us. I've got a friend of mine that's in Killing Commercial, our online training community, that just went out. Coolest idea I've seen in a while. I really want to see... I'm helping him get it dialed in, but he's not being patient and completely waiting for me to help him. So he's taking it and running with it. And I'm sure he'll do an awesome job, but I'm very anxious to see the results he gets. He found for they're either 20 or $25 a piece. They're the old school viewfinders that have the thing on the side that you, you click down like a camera and it's got the disc that goes in the top and you get like six or eight images that you can put in that that are custom but it's a marketing thing. So you send the viewfinder in the disc to whoever your prospect is and they get this cool thing. How many people are going to get that and not want to see what's on the disc? Right. I mean, is there anybody out there that's not going to do it? And I mean, I know that if I went to our constituency or the average agency out there, they're going to flip when they hear that those things are $25 a piece. But we're calling on accounts that pay us between $25,000 and $50,000 in agency income in the form of revenue. $25 isn't even a drop in the bucket. I mean, it's right. not even 1%. It's a tenth of a percent of the revenue you're going to get off of that account. Why in the world would you not be willing to, to invest in something really cool like that, knowing that you get one shot with somebody, and if you make that right, everybody's going to see it. You're going to have to get traction from it. Yeah. So, so David, uh, I, I'm actually married to a CFO for a technology company. And so I love to hear from him. He gets stuff from agents all the time in the mail, phone calls. And it's cool. He'll come home and he'll give me, you know, something like, Oh, look at this CEO broker. Look at this broker. And so a lot of them are just sending emails. So I think that where it really starts to resonate is if you can send something in the mail. And I know it's hard these days. People are still working from home. You got to figure that piece out. But I'll tell you something, you know, I have, uh, I have mugs, I have cool business books, I have all these things, but he brings them home and he gives them to the family. And so you want to be that person that gets in the door, captures their attention and it sticks around. And so, yeah, but you know what, sending a trinket for five bucks, it's not going to get the attention of the right person. No, and I've seen people do all kinds of cool stuff like... um 
I know of one producer that would do the research and find out that the decision maker was a runner and found out what kind of running shoes they wore in their size. I mean, that's a bit stalkerish, but yeah, they would literally <laughs> just, I don't know how, I just know this is what happened. Work with me. And, and he would send one shoe. And the only way that the person could get the other <laughs> shoe was to meet with them. Now, I'm not talking about like PF Flyers. I'm talking about $150 ASICs or whatever else. So number one, you got to have a set in order to be, you know, send that out. But number two, you know, it's not a cheap gift, man. 100, 100 150 bucks for a pair of running shoes. Number three, I got to believe, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it obviously worked because they're legendary in production circles for doing it. But I'm thinking if a pair of running shoes showed up for me, I probably got a few running. questions. <laughs> yeah. Now. Well, you Dude, don't it. knock the PF Flyers, bro. Yeah. Benny the Jet Rodriguez used to crush it in Sandlot in the PF Flyers. <laughs> you know, you receive that in the mail, and you will, at a minimum, give someone a courtesy conversation. And who knows where that could go? That's all. That's the right. agenda, right? And that's all you're trying to do is li literally get in the door with a qualified prospect. It may or may not be the right time, but now you're on the radar. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that... that Talk about innovative ideas. That's definitely, I, I have not heard that one before. Mm -mm. Well, listen, I want to be respectful of time. I mean, we've been going for about 40 minutes. What have we not talked about that you think that everybody in our audience should hear about Think HR uh, that we haven't said yet? And then we'll go ahead and wrap up. Sure. You know, I always tell folks when, when they ask, well, how are you different? There's other solutions that are out there and, what I tell them is that, listen, we, this is all we do. You know, we aren't doing other things. We're not selling agency CRMs, even though you should, you should definitely have one. We're not selling uh, Ben Admin or HRAS. We're not doing anything. All we do is help employers, uh, you know, increase and establish organizational risk, um, or I should say organizational health while reducing the risk. And so, you know, our entire team, we're looking for better ways to do that all the time. And because we're a specialist in this, brokers that partner with us, what they're getting is an entirely different solution. And we have times where someone goes to a broker and says, hey, I'm so glad I'm working with you. And oh, by the way, you have Think HR, right? And they're like, well, no, I don't. So then the broker calls us and we have a conversation. And so that's what it's really about. I mean, it's about the quality of the solution, not just having one. So. Uh, David, I commend you for choosing the best and uh, thank you for your partnership and appreciate your time today. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure having you on. I mean, everybody's yep. going to want to know um, how they can get a hold of you. So why don't you give them the best way for them to get a hold of, not necessarily you per se, but yeah. Think HR if they want to know more. I can tell you that you can go to killingcommercial.com forward slash Think HR, and we have a dedicated page where I share some of my thoughts around Think HR. We will have this podcast hosted there as well as the closed door meeting with the Killing Commercial community. But you can also book directly. We have a, a fillable form that if you want to talk to somebody from Think about their product, you'll be able to book directly from that page. But assuming you don't want to go there, what's the best way for them to get a hold of somebody in your organization? Sure. I always tell folks, if you actually, I know it sounds impersonal, but it works. If you go out to our website and you just submit the contact form, 
it goes to like five different leaders and they jump on it. I mean, they literally will jump out of their seat and uh, be careful you don't submit it at 10 o'clock at night unless you want a phone call. Slight exaggeration, but they will call you very quickly. And so that's one way to get a hold of us. Uh, it's thinkhr.com. I will caveat that we have some exciting news coming at the end of May where we're going through a branding change with our organization. But nonetheless, even if you're listening to this after May 25th, you can still go to ThinkHR and it will redirect you to our new identity and uh, we'd be happy to connect with you. Awesome. Cool deal. Well, listen, thanks for carving time out of your day to talk about a solution that we believe in and that we want everybody to know about. It means a lot to know that we have such great partners. And I have to give you a very sincere thank you as somebody who's been there from the beginning all the way through the journey for crafting such an awesome product that, quite frankly, makes it really easy for us to do business in the middle market. Thank you. Appreciate you both. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, David. Yes, ma'am. Yep. Thank you. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com. <laughs> <laughs>